or however long she feels. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes. Hi guys, I'm Cassie. I'm an alcoholic addict. Um, thank you, Eric, for inviting me to speak. So, a little bit of disclaimer. Never done like a speaker thing before, so I'm excited, also nervous. I'm also really good at like thoughts in my head really bad at thoughts when they come out of my head so we're gonna just and i don't like to like think about it ahead of time because that makes it worse so i just i'm gonna tell you guys my story and hopefully you get something out of it um so i have a, a sobriety date of june 14th 2019 um, i have a sponsor and we are working the steps right now um I have a little bit of a different kind of story. It might seem like I have, you know, a little bit of time, but um, I did do a lot of that time dry and I paid for it and I came back and I'm going to get, I'm going to come back around to that and really stress on how that affected me, but moral of the story is I don't recommend it, but um, a little bit of like how um, you know, how it started and how it was, um, basically, you know, as a kid, I never, the, you know, always on the outside looking in thing. Um, I was the oldest of three. Um, I'm not from here. I grew up in New York. Um, my dad left my mom at, at five with us three kids. And then my mom, um, you know, wasn't unable to cope, um, in, um, you know, in a mature way and just was very angry and depressed and took all that out on me, um, like a, physically and emotionally and just really drilled into my brain that I was like not worthy and not, not good. And like, I was at fault for everything that happened. Um, so I like took that and, you know, that was like my badge, um, that I wore all through elementary school, high school. Um, I just, tried super hard to be um, as perfect as I could possibly be. Like on the outside, I was an overachiever. I was like a teacher's pet. I um, did every club I could. I got the highest grades I could. I tortured myself. Um, I was so afraid of getting in trouble if I did anything wrong because everything I did, my mom would scream at me. I was afraid to be at home. Um, I was afraid of any um, higher ups. I was just afraid. I was afraid of people. I was afraid of talking. I was just, I didn't want um, anyone to like look at me. I, I had a million thoughts going on, a million miles like, per hour on, in my brain, and I just, I had no friends. I just was terrified. Like I would go, you know, come home from school and just cry. Um, and it's odd. Um, my family didn't. There was never any drinking or drugs or any um, addictions in my, in my house. There was never even like alcohol in the fridge. Um, so I just didn't grow up around it. Like it never even was like a passing thought. And because I was such, you know, like it, like a loser, um, like I never hung out with the cool kids and I never was introduced to drinking or partying. I went all through high school without a drink or a drug. So I had a really, really late start compared to a lot of people in the rooms. Um, so what, what I think like that kind of did for me was I was just, like literally like just tortured and like so maladapted to the world like I did not get like a handbook the handbook on like how to live life all through high school even my uh, sophomore year of college I um, 
you know, I went thinking like, you know, I'll try to fit in. Um, I got like kind of coerced into like, you know, peer pressure into like joining the sorority, even though I was so awkward and I just like, I didn't want to be like, I didn't know how to handle myself. Like I didn't know how to act around all these girls. Like I, I would like try to go to their parties and everyone was drinking and I'd, they'd be like, hey, you want to drink? And I'd be like, no, I'd, I don't drink. Um, and they'd be like, oh, it's weird. And I, I just like didn't even know that it was like a thing you could do. I just was like, I'm not old enough, you know? I just was so fucking awkward. And I, I was so like uncomfortable and I hated myself. And like, I was always, you know, the biggest self-critic of myself. I was just, I couldn't, could never really look in the mirror. I just always wanted to change what I saw. Um, from, you know, age 10, I was, um, I learned I could put my fingers down my throat and make myself throw up. So I um, was, you know, pretty much like starving myself, battling, um, punishing myself for every single thing I did or ate. Um, diagnosed depression from age 11, I'm pretty sure. I've been on like every depression medication you could be on. Um, and just here I am, like just trying so hard to just fit in. And um, I'm, yeah, I, I was not coping. I was just sitting in my dorm room pretty much most of the time, um, Skyping my boyfriend from home and miserable. And then uh, my mom calls. I, I'm talking to my mom and she's saying, um, you know, I'm telling her about how I'm, I hate everything and I want to leave. And she's like, why don't you go have a, like, go to a party and have a drink? And I'm like, what? Like, I'm, I'm only like 19. And she's like, it's okay, you can do it. I, I'm not gonna like, you know, I'm giving you permission. So I I go and I get all pretty and I like have a drink and like there is this party and all of these people are like surrounding me and they're like, Cassie's first time drinking and they're like giving me drinks and they're like taking pictures with me and they're like talking to me and they wanna know me, they wanna ask me questions. And I'm like, oh my God, like my, my walls are down and my brain is shutting the fuck up for once and I'm just like jiving and I'm like oh my god like fucking this is the answer like this is how everybody's been doing it this whole fucking time and I'm just like free for once I just feel free and I feel like I finally have the solution like that's that was my like moment I'm like like my breath of fresh air like oh my fucking god like finally and like I took it I took like I took off and ran and I mean I, so that's my sophomore year of college and um, you know honestly within like two months I was um, every time I drank it was like how, how like I just didn't know how or when to stop like I didn't want to stop so it was constantly I mean I think within two weeks I was like uh, someone called the ambulance on me and I woke up in the hospital and I had to like meet with like the alcohol or like the campus like alcohol counselor and I was like <laughs> I didn't know like how much I did I just started drinking so they were like jello shots and they were cute so I like didn't know <laughs> I was like chugging shot I, I was all bullshit I <laughs> but it kept happening you know again and again and then like suddenly like you know for my, my friends were like um just getting kind of fed up and I was like vomiting all over like you know toilets that weren't mine and people were calling me out in the morning like this fucking classless and careless clean up your bullshit like I woke up to an actual paper sign on like someone's toilet I was like you know peeing in people's like clean laundry <laughs> like kicking like guys like friend zoning guys and then kicking them out of their own beds and then like sorry I wet it and like you know like um 
I, I had been like dating guys, but quickly, very quickly, it became um, alcohol before guys and alcohol before friends and alcohol before school. Um, even like I was like in bad terms in my sorority because there was like, that for, they wanted us for a whole week to just not drink alcohol before our initiation. And I was like, that's no. <laughs> and of course it's like, everyone's like, okay, whatever. And I'm just like, that's not fucking happening. Who cares? So I'm like drinking alcohol at this apartment and apparently one of the other shorty sisters was there because she was dating one of the guys and she just like sees me and is like, she goes right to tell like our president and I get like, you know, suspended from it. And I'm just like, this is bullshit. I don't know. I just didn't like, nothing came before alcohol. And uh, very quickly I found, well, a guy introduced me to pot and loved that. Started like replacing alcohol with that and then, um, I, you know, I started, I found this website, it was like airwood.com, and I was just like obsessed with like going on it and like reading, I was just like, what, what, like reading all the drugs I could do, and I was reading everybody's stories, and I was just like, what can I find? And then the guy I was dating who showed me pot was just like really, really freaked out, and I started like, I had moved to like an apartment, a new apartment, and these guys downstairs were like partying all the time. And they had like wasted white and Wednesdays, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like these are my jam. And they were like, doing like, like there was like black lights, and they were like open like glow sticks, and then like smearing the black lights all over the place. And they were doing acid and mushrooms all the time, and I was like, "These are my people." And I started like hanging out with them all the time. And then my ex was, or my yeah, my now ex was like, he told me I was scaring him, and I was just like, "Yeah, well you're boring me, so bye." And I just moved on to these people quickly started dating one of the guys there and like our relationship was just drug fueled crazy we just I mean I lived in Rochester in New York and you couldn't really there wasn't really like a big drug scene there so there was like one person on our nerdy ass campus that like would per give you drugs but you just I mean we always were like asking for um like Molly and uh you know he would just come with whatever like white or whatever color substance was in like a bag and we would just didn't even care just snort it um and then throughout the year it was just whatever he brought us we just did it and i um didn't even care and i just you know i liked being like an alchemist just comp like combining all sorts of shit and i would just you know fell in love um i that, that was like i look back at that and i'm like that's the happiest i've ever been i was like 100 pounds and i was like in love like a I was like Amy Winehouse and like like that boy was like my Blake. I was like dying and um, long, you know, I somehow managed it. And then basically that, you know, it felt like utopia. It felt like everything was great. And then I graduated college and quickly like nobody was around me doing that stuff anymore. And then I was like alone doing that stuff. And I was um, waking up by myself and I just kept trying to like go as hard and it was just like I would look around and be like nobody's like this is kind of like awkward my my boyfriend had moved to Florida so we were doing like a long distance thing so I was like drinking extra hard to forget it and basically like for the decade after from from that day from pretty much that year when I graduated college to the decade of when I stopped when I got sober um it was like my Year by, every year, my life and my shit and my depression and my situation just got worse and fucking worse and fucking worse. And I just had to drink 
and all I wanted to do at this point was fuck the fun, fuck the friends. I, I don't want to be around people. I just wanted to forget. I just wanted to numb. I just wanted comatose. I just wanted to turn everything off. The voices were so loud now, and all they were was just shame and self-criticism, and I just wanted to shut them up. And the, the older I got every year, every passing year, it was I had to drink and do more drugs to just shut it up. I, I needed more stuff to, like, to fucking numb this stuff as life went on, and just by the time I got to, right before I went to rehab, I was just at this, like, rock bottom I didn't even know, like, I could get to, like, I was, um, God, I, I was, like, 200 pounds, I was in some sort of, I, I guess I was, um, a polyamorous lesbian, um, dating some weird, some couple because they said they would let me, they would move me in, not even let me live with them, like, for $200 a month, they would, like, physically move my shit, and I didn't have to do anything, so I was, like, cool, I, like, lived on a, not even, like, like, a mattress pad on the floor, um, they wanted me to, like, sleep in their, like, like, bedroom upstairs, and I was, like, nope, I'm gonna, like, hide out in this room downstairs, because that's where all my alcohol is hidden, so, like, just shut myself in the door, um, in the room, and just didn't want to leave, um, like, went to the bathroom in my cat's litter box, vomited in garbage bags, like, stored them in the closet, forgot about them, like, ants would be crawling, and I'd be like, fuck, I probably forgot, like, some shit, um, you know, they would, like, catch me doing that, and so I would go and start vomiting in bags that I kept in my car, and then I would just be like, oh, gotta go out to my car, you know, and then, uh, like, my hiding places had to get better, because at this point, I had actually, like, tried to go to rehab once before, and then came back, and now I'm, like, drinking on like naltrexone or Vivitrol or something and it's just like not even working so I'm like drinking more and I'm like down to maybe like one friend that like doesn't know that I'm like a raging disaster so I like try to drink with her one day and I wake up I like remember being in a bar and then I wake up and I'm like in a ditch somewhere that I don't know and like I don't have my phone and I don't have my vape I don't have my purse and I like remember like it's totally black like pitch black out and I'm like I, well, I don't know what to do like I don't know where I am and I just had to like walk up to the only people I could find and they were like I was like D can I please borrow your phone and they're like I barely even remember this but I just remember them saying like what are you gonna do for it and I was like this was like I I just remember being like what the f where am I I'm in so much trouble like these people are gonna kill me I was supposed to be somewhere I don't know. I ended up like finally getting them to let me use their phone and the only number I knew was my mom's. So she picked me, she drove like an hour to pick me up and that that was like one of the last like times I drank, but um yeah, I um was living with these people and um was in and out of treatment for my eating disorder and I kept uh getting sent into the psych ward for trying to kill myself and every time I went to the psych ward I would lie about how much like um you know I was abusing my drugs or um or my prescription drugs or you know or drinking alcohol and they would be like okay well um we would give you like just a regular therapist but we don't we can't treat that because you have like these eating disorders behaviors so they would just put me in like those kind of treatment centers and then the dietitians would be like well you're we don't understand why, like, 
you're not like your weight's not doing xyz and i'd be like secretly like it's because i'm going home and drinking like probably four thousand calories a day a night and um eventually i came clean and i um went to i was just like i can't do this anymore um i was just you know i was holding a job too i mean i thought I didn't think everything was fine um, because around 2013, and this is about two years after I graduated college, I was living by myself, drinking by myself, doing all this shit by myself. And I, um, that was when I got my first DUI. And I um, remember like they pulled me over um, and I didn't even have pants on. And I didn't even realize I looked down and like my whole car seat was wet. And I was like, and he's like, you're gonna wanna, do you have pants you can put on? And I'm like, like no underwear, like nothing. And I, I had like, I know I had like tears down my face. Yeah, so um, that was when, that was the first time I realized that I was an alcoholic and it's not even getting the DUI that did it. It was having to go to the um, DMV course and they were like on the, you know, the freaking whatever you call these things projector screen they were like um, if you're a woman and you drink more than one drink per day if you're a man you drink more than two drinks per day then this is um, like that's not normal behavior I'm like what the fuck I'm like I'm drinking like at least a box of wine a day and like most of bottle of like vodka and I'm just like that yeah so I then I had to you know do outpatient and my outpatient therapist told me like to try AA, and I um, that was my first AA meeting, and I remember hearing for the first time like do it one day at a time, and I I tried that in it um, for seven months, and I um, I got by on basically um, I have to get to the solution. I don't know. I just got really carried away, but um, I got by in seven months by just being a part of the fellowship and just the new the newness really I loved but I tried to get a sponsor and I told her I was gonna have a really hard time with the God thing and she said um, and I told her I'm never gonna I'm never gonna come to believe in a higher power or a God and she said don't worry you will and that like bothered me so much and I like never wanted to go back again I'm like fuck AA and then one day I got laid off from my job and I went home and drank immediately but um, yeah, that night I was like in some random club snorting some random shit off a toilet but like that's how quickly it escalated but anyway um yeah the second time I went to rehab that stuck and that was June 14th 2019 the first year I stayed my ass in treatment I didn't let myself go back to the person's place and person you know the people places things I decided to come right out here right from my inpatient rehab and I came to a place called PPR and I lived in a sober living house for one year um, during that time I kept myself you know busy and I did the mandated required meetings and I was around fellow sober people and um, while I was probably doing the bare minimum I still felt good and happy and I was around people um, when that year was over, I, I had been sent by the program to go to another, um, eating disorder treatment in Alabama. They sent me there for three months and then COVID happened. So I came back, COVID was still happening. I moved back home and then all three, three things were just like kind of hitting. I was home, moved away from all the people I knew that were sober, living with my mom, 
just got out of eating disorder treatment, so I was dealing with that and COVID. So I was like, mm. I just stopped going to meetings. And I just was like, you know what, I'm fine. Like, I don't feel like drinking. I'm not thinking of drugs. I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm not having any cravings. Fuck AA. I'm never going to get the God thing. Like, and I would just convince my mom, too. She'd be like, okay, yeah, no, I get it. You hate, you know, you always hated going to church when you were a kid. So I never, you know, I just did that, you know. And, it, and eight, eight months went by, and I, you know, I started really realizing, like, it started, like, itching. And, it, like, my brain just was going crazy. So my depression was worse than ever. Um, I was trying to fill this void with all sorts of things. I thought this guy that I left when I moved home in California, like if I came back for him, that would solve it. If I came back to California, just moving, that would solve it. Um, if I saw these therapists, that would solve it. New depression medication, that'll solve it. Drawing, not working, not going back to work, never getting an office job again, that'll solve it. Um, you know, food or getting back into a skinnier body, that'll solve it. Um, and just with every thing that I tried to shove in this hole, you know, I was shopping addiction, um, makeup addiction, you know, food addiction, always have had that. And just, I was just shoving all these things, just trying so hard. And um, with each passing day, it was like getting very clear that um, I, I wanted to die. And um, I was seeing no more value in being alive. Um, Every day I lived with like the most intense shame, just the idea of, you know, just something like it just felt so guilty just being, I don't know, just existing. I just didn't see any worth in myself. I hated looking in the mirror. I um, felt like a total piece of shit, like a just, just total blob. Um, I couldn't leave the house. I did not leave the house whatsoever. I was here living right by the ocean and I just didn't see anybody and I had no friends and I I had never really been like single like that for such a long time and I you know was working from home so I really didn't see anybody and I just you know cried all day I didn't leave the couch um, I was looking up ways to kill myself um, I had a plan and I just was like in the back of my head I was like you know there's AA like you can go back to AA and like you know the God thing's gonna be hard but like how can you know, hundreds of thousands of, like, you know, millions of people, like, be wrong, because I've seen it, and I've sat in hundreds of meetings, and listened to people say that, like, this thing, this program, like, this 12-step program, and the program that Bill and Bob wrote about in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, like, that, that's the solution, and that has proven to be the solution for so many individuals, and they didn't have to work it the exact same way in that they didn't have to have the same God. It didn't have to be a God that somebody sat them down and told them, this is going to be your God. Like, and this is how you're going to have to do it. Like, everybody can make God into what works for them. And I'm still trying to develop my own idea of my own higher power. And that's okay. It's just... The important thing right now is that I have a willingness and that I finally came to believe that this program will actually be able to work for me. And I'm starting to see that because now I'm actually um, about halfway through the steps. And I have come to believe that everybody I've heard 
in these rooms knows what they're talking about and I don't roll my eyes when I hear them mention God in their shares anymore um, because you know it's 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 impossible sorry it's impossible for all these people to be wrong and for all these miracles to be fake um, I've seen it with my own eyes I've seen people take 27 years I've seen 50 I've seen um, I've seen crazy things happen in here and I've just seen more than just like getting um, years of sobriety, I've just seen happiness and joy in people's lives that um, were otherwise before coming here just so miserable and um, like just deplorable, just depths of despair and no will to live. Like me, I've heard so many people that were about to commit suicide and decided to come here instead and now they're fucking happy and that's like the one thing I've always wanted in my life and I believe that it the answer is here um, and the problem isn't with the drug and I know I talked about alcohol a lot it's not about the drug you chose it's about the problem that's up here and that's what this solution is talking about it's to help you solve that problem that's up here um, 